0: Twitter handle, at Religion of Woke. Please give me a five-star review on Apple whatever. Do Chinese tiger moms get amazing results out of their kids because of how they mother them? Or is it genetic? Or do the kids themselves decide, and no one's in control of nothing? I'm listening to Amy Chua on the Gadsad podcast. Gad Sad's a Lebanese Jew. I bring him up sometimes. Uh, He's fun. He's just a fun guy. Follow him on Twitter. He's anti woke, but he's much more fun than most people. More fun than me. But Amy Chua, she's a Yale law professor who is famous. She wrote a book about Tiger Moms. Like, I don't know if the name of the book was Tiger Moms. I'll probably tell you later. But anyway, she's famous for, you know, she's Chinese descent. And, you know, Yale Law School, that's better than Harvard Law School. And she wrote a book talking about how Chinese moms raise their kids to succeed. But they're going through her books. And so her first book is about um, market-dominant minorities. It's like in America, you know, you use the word minority. You're like, oh, that means, you know, for example, black people. uh, There's not as many of them as there are the majority white people. And they are also poor and you know politics is bad whatever they're uh whatever the country's not nice to them they're a minority and the country is not nice to them but you go to other parts of the world and there's minorities like there's less of them you know the most the general population is not people like them but that minority like does crazy good and so like the first example is so gad said he's a jew and there's 14 million Jews in the world. And so, there's 7 billion people in the world. If there were 7 million Jews, that would be 1 in 1,000 people is a Jew. But there's 14 million, so 1 in 500 people is a Jew. Basically, much less than 1%. But Jews do amazing, right? They like start the MGM and other um, Hollywood studios. They're doing great in New York and finance. And, you know, I think like half the Nobel Prizes in whatever, the not literature and not, um, not peace prizes, like the Jews, like win half of them, even though they're a tiny percentage of the world's population, like especially now. And then Amy Chua is bringing up um, the Philippines and Indonesia, and she didn't say exactly which is which and what, but basically one of those countries has 1% Chinese people and the other one has 3% Chinese people, and... Like, the Chinese people in those countries have more than half the money, the businesses, the economic power. But it's a little different, because, like, in America, that's the same thing for Jews. Well, yeah, basically, Chinese in certain places, Jews in other places, um, they may be doing great. They may be the richest kind of person with the most power in the country, but you're always a little bit um, in danger. You know, if you're 1% of the country and you own 60% of the country... Well, if that 99% of the country decides they don't like you, you know, they can kill you. So her second book is about the eight global empires, anyways, that she decided on, you know, which is like uh, the Persians, the Romans, America today. Apparently the Dutch were big, big dogs in the 1600s for a little while. And she's saying that, I guess that book says that Every empire got big by basically through diversity. Now it didn't mean that you treated you know it wasn't didn't mean that uh, the Dutch treated black people good or or whatever. Didn't mean that the Romans treated black people good, but they basically these empires tolerated people enough to have them in their empire. Whereas other places, you know, you can't even if you're if you're not like us, you can't join whatsoever. And then she says that she's getting a lot of calls about this book. Apparently the book was a flop. But she's getting calls about the book now because all these eight great empires, um, after a while, they got xenophobic. And they're like, we don't like having all these people that ain't like us around. And then that was the fall of the empire. So, you know, people are calling her saying, oh, is America on that precipice about to fall over because we're xenophobic? You know, my opinion is probably not. But anyways, that's her second book. Then her third book, that's the famous one, it's it's called The Battle Hymn of the Tiger Mother. And apparently her parents were Chinese from the Philippines. So she's one of these, not model minority, well she's a model minority in America. But she's one of these, she comes from market dominant minorities in the Philippines. But apparently she had three sisters, and her and her sisters were just raised crazy strict, like, you know, just nothing but studying, nothing but violin practice, can't have people over to the house, and they all hated it when they were kids, you know, growing up with normal Americans, and uh, and now they're all crazy super successful, you know, Yale Law in her case. And so she wrote this book about that. I guess the, the okay, the reason why she decided to write that book was she had kids. And so one of her kids you know, she was making a supermodel minority kid. Two daughters. The other daughter was just like a re- a rebel. The other daughter was a rebel, and uh, at age 14, her daughter's like, "I hate you," and you know, I I'm gonna be a garbage man. I'm not going to college. And so, anyways, you know, she had this kind of juxtaposition of she knew about how to be a super successful Chinese style mom. And then also had, you know, the same problems as any, as many American moms might have with their rebellious daughters. And so she, well, whatever. So she did that book, and she was not famous until this, until what, until what happened, happened, which is the Wall Street Journal did like a review of that book, and it, and the headline was, Why Chinese Mothers Are Superior. And it be, you know, and I kind of remember this back in the day, I guess it's 2011 or something. And, uh... Yeah, it became a big media thing about, you know, like, you know, is your kid doing bad in school? Well, that's because you're a terrible parent. You're not like these Chinese parents. Anyways, according to her, that's not what her book is saying at all. It's all self-deprecating and humorous and her having problems with her 14-year-old daughter. But anyways, the the world took it as uh, whatever. The Chinese way is the best. So therefore, it was controversial. So they're talking about how, you know, if she's such an awesome Chinese mom. How did she get this rebellious kid? And so he's like, do you think that that was genetic or do you think that was because of your parenting style? And her answer was, you know, for the first kid who just did great at school and wanted to play violin just naturally. She thinks she didn't do nothing. That was just how the kid was. But with the second kid who was rebellious, she thinks that she. You know, her parenting helped that rebellious kid, so... But also, I mean, the kid was kind of... Whatever. Genetics played a strong part with the kid, but also she thought her parenting helped. I guess they're great friends now. And then so Gad Sad brings up some research... Uh, I forgot. Some guy. Some guy did some research. I forget his name. But there's a theory about um, birth order. Like, for instance, I think a lot of U.S. presidents are firstborn, born, etc. And there's definitely... Th- things going on where uh like firstborns i think whatever they make more money a lot of good a lot of uh stuff that was considered good goes along with the firstborns more than laterborns. But so this research that he brings up is that look okay so the, the 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 idea is that parents are doing something different like the parents are treating the firstborn better then the later born, you know, maybe you're like, oh, you're really paying attention to the firstborn. You know, you get to your later kids, you're like, ah, go do whatever you want. I'm not worried about you. I'm I'm kind of making up stuff now. But anyways, research says that it ain't the parents. It ain't what the parents do. It's what the kids do. And the idea is that kids, you know, they fill they fill a little niche, 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 in the family. And so, you know, maybe you're the good kid who always does what you're supposed to. Or maybe you're the rebel kid who never does what you're supposed to, or I mean I don't know what else. The nerd who doesn't study, that was me. But in any case, the idea is that kids do not choose whatever has already been filled. like you you know you need parents to pay attention to you so you don't fill the, the whatever whatever niches are already occupied by your siblings, you don't become one of those. So if the firstborn decides to be a good kid, then, okay, the role of good kid is already filled, you know, it's like a movie. Sorry, we don't need any more good kids. Would you like to be the rebel? Or would you like to be the nerd who doesn't study? And so anyway, and this is all based on evolution, evolutionary biology, psychology. And so, I mean, I have no idea if this is true at all. I'm sure no one knows for sure. But anyways, there's a theory on birth order. And why uh, you go from a good kid to a rebel. And so her fourth book is about what groups in America succeed. So they looked at, you know, like Chinese Americans, uh, Iranian Americans, etc. They just basically broke them down by how rich they are. A couple other groups that are the richest, uh, Nigerian Americans, Indian Americans. I believe they're the highest. I don't mean Native Americans. Cuban Americans. And, you know, any kind of Jewish American, obviously. So I don't know if this is exactly right, but they found that there was, or she found that there was three things that, uh, you know, what, are the, what, are, what do these groups have in common? So the first one was that they thought they came from a, a good group, you know, like she gives the example of Chinese Americans. Like she was always told that uh, China was the, whatever, the greatest civilization ever. You know, I don't know what story the Cubans and the Nigerians and the Indians are told, but apparently, apparently they got some su- some similar story that says they're great. The next one was that it's almost the opposite that they feel like they're uh, whatever they've been attacked, they're being attacked, they're under pressure. And she doesn't mention this in China, but I know China. They have like a general idea that yes, they were the greatest civilization ever, and then they also feel like, I think mostly because of what Japan did to them, well the British and Japan, they feel like that, you know, no one has ever suffered more than them either. So they're the greatest, and they've suffered the most. And you can imagine how that would work with Jews, fit in there real good with Jews. I guess I can see how it would work with Cubans too. Anyways, you get the idea, I don't know about Indians. But then finally, there's a third uh, leg of this stool. And that's good impulse control. So, you know, do you go off half-cocked? Do you, uh, you know, can you sit and study for a while? This stuff is not what she's saying, but impulse control is a real, you know, it's the holy grail. If you could teach a kid impulse control, you'd solve, I don't know what, 90% of the world's, of of the kid's problems. Anyways, I believe we currently do not know how to teach impulse control, but apparently... Cubans, Nigerians, Indians, Chinese, they all got great impulse control. And they think they're from a great civilization. And they think they've been persecuted. And Jews. So that was, uh, you know, considered racist. She was called racist. You can fill in the blanks on that. Um, but Gad sad brings up a interesting little point. He, he says it's it's called forbidden knowledge in academia. Like if you say there's differences between men and women and you say that men are better at something then that's not okay you can't say that that's forbidden but if you you know your research shows that women are better than men at something then that's research you know that is real scholarship and you're applauded